You're listening to Instant Credibility, Celebrity and Cash. More customers, more clients, more money. Discover how to position yourself for success in a crowded multimedia world. If you've been looking to leverage the Internet and increase your income using the most effective, affordable strategies and tactics available, then today you're in the right place. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton, and joining us, as usual, is my wonderful co-host, Martin Wales, the customer catcher. Hi, Martin. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. It is time to release the hounds once more. It's always uh, fun to uh, get together and talk, and I really love the way that uh, our creative juices flow and complement each other, and I'm happy to be here once again. My friend, welcome. We have a great topic for you today to continue to help you get instant credibility, celebrity, and cash flow. Right. And for those of you that may not know, uh, Martin's uh, expertise has been featured in guerrilla marketing on the front lines and success secrets of online marketing superstars, both number one bestsellers. And you'll also find his wisdom in Walking with the Wise Entrepreneur, which he co-wrote along with, among other people, Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump. He's been the executive producer of PayPal Radio and hosted Microsoft's your business. He is the original host of the Entrepreneur Magazine's eBiz show. Uh, so Martin has a lot of expertise when it comes to putting on radio shows, which just uh, makes it perfect when we're talking about podcasting. And that's one of the reasons why I asked him uh, to to join us today, because I really wanted to talk uh, a little bit more about the um, the structure of the content that you create with your podcast as opposed to a lot of the things which I train, which is the technical click here, you know, put the title here, uh, you know, upload there, uh, ping this, submit to iTunes, all, you know, all those technical things are really important, but keeping your audience engaged in your show is also very, very important. And so I asked Martin if he would uh, share some of his expertise today in the area of how to properly structure the content for your podcast episodes. Absolutely wonderful. And i got to serve it right back at you. And I'm, I'm always honored to uh, share the airwaves with uh, the Dean of Blogonomics and Podology. And you're called that for a reason. So what you're talking about is important. It's the combination of the application of the technology and how you use it. Uh, one of my boys asked me the other day, what's the difference? Or, well, he wants to be an architect. And he met an engineer. And he's, well, what's an engineer? And, well, the architect has the dream and uh, draws the beautiful building, and the engineer actually builds the roof supports and the foundation and makes sure that the beautiful structure can actually be built and stand <laughs> the test of, you know, earthly things like earthquakes and wind and this, just the weight of itself. So really what we're going to be talking about today is exactly what you're saying. So you can serve a plate of food, but it does it – taste any better if it's served on a kitchen table, a picnic table, on your lap, or, you know, at a, at a baseball game. <laughs> so, you know, we want to enjoy the food, and it can be served in different ways, paper plate, china plate, right? So right, there, are certain, there are certain elements that are, are going to be the same, but in the end, when you're creating a podcast or a radio show or even a conversation or a telephone call, it's the human voice. So how can we serve the human voice so that it tastes good to our ears no matter how we serve it, whether it's different technology on my computer, on my MP3 player, my iPod, or in a CD player, or you know, I transferred it to a 
tape, audio tape cassette. <laughs> Because right. I'm old school. You know, it doesn't really matter. And you may have heard me say this before, Scott. Lucille Ball, wonderful redhead comedian of the past, you know, shooting live television with film, now is on Blu-ray and DVD and so on. So her estate continues to make money, but she's still funny trying to pick up little chocolates with her friend Vivian and, you know, one of the classic scenes. So it's about the creation of the content, the format, the structure. So I'm going to let you sort of zing questions at me or what direction you want to take, and uh, we'll have some fun with this. Yeah, and I love your analogy of serving food because, uh, you know, you'll go to some restaurants and you'll have an appetizer, then you'll have the main course, then you'll have dessert. But I've been to uh, some eating experiences where it's like, 10 course meals, right, where they bring you a little bit of this and then a little uh, something else and something else, and, so, and it just goes on and on for the whole evening, right? And so we have this analogy, I think, that we can really come back to again and again when we're talking about creating our podcast because uh, we've, we've got a structure, and depending on what your goal is for your particular episode, you may want to have you know, an appetizer and then a soup and then a salad and then the main course and then the dessert. Or you may just want to, like, here it is, you know, burgers and fries. <laughs> <laughs> and just all depends on, you know, what what your goals are for that particular episode. And sometimes it can change. And uh, with one of the uh, organizations that I love to work with, QSO VSO, they have a number of of goals from the podcast that they do, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, just to give you some examples, one is they're always looking for volunteers to go overseas for placements for the different projects that they work on. So they, you know, so by doing these podcasts, people are able to uh, find really get a feel for what it's like to be in Mozambique or to be in the Congo or to be in Peru, uh, working with the local people there and the partner organizations. But they also are constantly looking for funds. The government of Canada gives them. Uh, some of the funds, but they have to raise funds on their own as well. So the donors, the potential donors, the potential sponsors that they have uh, can listen. And rather than just getting the um, the kind of company story, mm-hmm. uh, which they get all the time, they also get the real, like almost reality show uh, stories from the field told by re- real people. Right. Uh, but and then another goal too, and their public engagement officers do this, is they interview returning volunteers. And it's so important that the volunteers, when they come back, have a chance to debrief and to talk to somebody who really understands what they went through about their experience. And that helps to create an even deeper relationship with the organization. And then there's a general populace that might be interested in international development who have no idea what's kind of really going on. So you have a number of different uh, purposes when, when, uh, when you do these podcasts because you've got a number of different audiences. And, uh, right, and, and, and Scott, of, I mean, you just you just hit the nail on the head there. You've got three different audiences in that one case study example you just gave. And right. when you were talking about all the courses, have you ever sat down and you know you're at a wedding or a social event and they do have a multi-course meal, but you didn't know. So you, you know on, right. on the second course, like at an Italian wedding, they serve pasta, I think, on the second round. So you get like salad or, or, or antipasto or something, but then you get this big plate of spaghetti, you know, or pasta, and you eat it all up. And then I'm like, oh, what? There's more. If I only knew, 
right? That that right. more was coming, I would have been more sampling than eating everything <laughs> on my plate. So you actually, uh, I think what we're talking about here is the reasons why you need a structure. And yes. from what you just mentioned, first of all is um, organization So uh, and strategy. So they're actually two different things. So organization, just so I know how I'm going to present the podcast, how long is it? How much time do I have? What's the average listening time of my audience? Uh, so the, the, the why do I need to structure is there are benefits for you. So by listening to our podcast today, we're going to share with you the benefits of why you need structure. So that is one of the reasons why you structure it. So I'm going to put the benefits up front. So you're going to decide to listen to the rest of my broadcast. So, you, again, going back to your case study of uh, the organization, if they come on and be corporate, hi, today we are here to share with you the reasons why you will be going and volunteering overseas to help other people, right? So it's kind yeah. of a, I'm going to read you my corporate policy, but I'm doing it in the podcast. <laughs> so really what you want to do is um, hitting those three different audiences. Um, so you mentioned one was the uh, volunteers, yeah. Two was uh, donors and sponsors. Donors and sponsors, and three was the the, the general in, public. The general public, right? So you're and you were talking about interviewing the volunteers. So really, what you want yeah. to do if you need to decide first of all in an, in the structure, am I going to hit all three audiences each time? So. Mm -hmm. You know, I could come on and say, have you been wondering about what it would be like to travel the world? Have you ever thought about how you could help other cultures while getting an education yourself? Whether you're going to volunteer and go yourself or you're thinking about supporting those willing to go, we want to welcome you to our show today. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm encompassing everyone's needs. So why do we need structure so that I can plan ahead a strategy to reach my objectives for having the podcast in the first place. I'm, I, I want to have clear objectives. I'm going to attract volunteers. I'm going to attract sponsors who may want to support those volunteers and pay for their travel and accommodation and you know so on uh, when they get there. And then the general public out of interest to create possible public relations, so media people who might be listening, or right. they may refer other people. Oh, well, you know, I'm not in a position in my life where I can go to uh, continental Africa and do good works. However, my brother's nephew has was speaking the other day at dinner about, you know, possibly volunteering, but he didn't really know where to go, where to start. So right. you, you can get referrals. So by having a structure, you can better serve your long-term strategy. You can yeah, and Martin, I ahead. think what you said about referrals is really important too because a subset of the general public is the family and friends of the volunteer totally. overseas who's po podcasting, right? So they're the group that will be the most interested. And, and part of one of the ways that I see that particular group's needs being met is rather than the volunteer having to phone, you know, 30 friends or text 30 friends or go on Facebook and put a bunch of messages up so that their friends know what they're, what's going on. And that's, that's a certain level of communication, but it's also a very, um, it's a surface level of communication, right? It's I correct. arrived, mm -hmm. you know, I arrived, I arrived today, you know, like, so, but what were your feelings about it? What, were, what were you thinking, right? So when you do a 20 minute, episode 
you can you can get into more uh, meat about this. You know, the friends and family really want to know you know more details. Like, wow, what, what you know? How are you doing? Are you happy? Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. you know what were your experiences? They've got all these questions, right? And so this is a way for for um, the volunteers to be able to communicate in more depth uh, and almost make it. It's almost like they're bringing all their friends and family with them because uh, that's what happens, right? They're listening to these shows each week that they come out and they're just they're living the experience through their uh, their family member, their friend. And from that, we've created a, a deeper understanding of the ve- developmental work that uh, QSO VSO is doing. And then, then they can they know more to be able to actually, uh, you know, come up with better referrals. Or even, you know, I'm sure a lot of them wouldn't even be thinking about referrals. But if we mention that in the as you've just done, and mention that in the in the episodes, people get thinking along those lines, and it helps the organization to grow and to do even more work in the world. Well, what you're saying is, uh, I, I would sum it up by saying. Uh, I'm referring back to strategy, first of all, right? So you, yeah. you've got a set amount of time. Really what it is is respect for your your audience. So um, often at, at, we talk about a multi-course meal at a wedding. So they'll put out the menu on the table, and that's like great. Like that's a very hospitable thing to do. So now you're communicating, we are going to serve you <laughs> ten courses, not four. So um, so I can plan, you know, how how, how I'm going to approach this fun, right, this fun meal and just take it up so it's really about respect for your audience and when i do radio training and talk to people about uh, what their role is the host your your role as the host is to be the advocate of your audience so it's like being a host when somebody comes to your home you want to make them comfortable so you make them comfortable by letting them know things oh help yourself you know whether you whether you're okay with them helping themselves oh help yourself to drink in the fridge make yourself at home by the way the washroom's over here if your kids want to run around the basement's down there so the more i know the more comfortable i am so out of one, the next item up for bids here on on why you need structure is to respect your audience so i can tell them because there are people who their communication style is they want to know what's going to happen in minute 1 and what's going to happen in minute 20 so they want to know we're starting at A, we're finishing at Z or Z for my American right. friends, right? So um, out of respect for my audience, I'm going to tell them, hi, welcome to today's show, however you want to do it. And they say, today we're going to be doing A, we're going to be doing B, and you want to make sure you don't miss C. So I've set up the menu of what's going to be in the show today for a number of reasons. One, like I just said, respect. But the other is now you know, so you've got more information. And then that leads to what we call uh, trust, right? So you, I am giving you my time for you to broadcast me. So out of I'm showing you respect by telling you this is what we're going to do with your time. So now your listener decides, I'm in. I'm going to stay. I like that part C. And part of establishing your structure and your menu ahead of time is, oh, hey, you don't want to miss dessert. Right. So you want to keep you want to grab them fast and keep them long. What we say in radio. So you want to do that. The other thing that you mentioned, Scott, which is really important, is you said you want, they're going to be coming back week after week. You hope. So let's say you're doing a weekly or even a daily or even a monthly. Every time, whatever the frequency of your podcast or show is, every time they come back, they essentially know what they're going to be getting. Right. So I know that you start off with a current events segment where you you give me news related to today's world and the topic that I'm covering. Then I know you have a guest expert interview 
and that's you know maybe five minutes, and you talk to some person who's already been abroad. So you would talk to one of the volunteers, for example. And then you have a three-minute commentary. And then you have an interview with someone else related to the industry who's maybe a sponsor of your uh, show or even of the program. So just like you interview volunteers who come back, why not interview a sponsor? Why did Kraft decide to sponsor QSO BSO? Right. Right. And so now I'm covering everybody in that structure. So just by me defining that, and the other reason that I, I just thought of is we're in an audio element. So I need to structure in your brain essentially the house of cards or what we're going to do today. So it's, it's not a visual element, so I need to get you to visualize in your head. You know, here we are. We're talking about helping others in the world today. We're going to be talking with some volunteers as usual. We have our special guest expert, and, of course, we always finish off with those most important people who help keep the wheels rolling and the lights on, and those are our sponsors and public, uh, our generous public uh, donators, right? Uh, people right. who donate. So it's just like when you see public television, they, they come on in between. We're, you know, you help us keep this going. You help us by sending in. And when you help us, we'll send you a, a book and a DVD. So there's obviously some, you know, promotion, but there's also a bonus gifts and rewards. But, you know, you're buying a DVD that's worth $10 for $200 because you're contributing to the organization. So we see the pattern on something like public television or a telethon. But when you're using an audio-only format, you really need to sort of uh, get them familiar with the pattern. Now, the fun part is that you, you have variety. So I have a male guest, a female guest, uh, somebody who's a you know, really good storyteller. So I have different elements. So if you've ever seen Saturday Night Live, we know it's this bunch of skits. And they may have some characters that they have on a regular basis. So I'm familiar with the character. I'm familiar with the skit format. However, the jokes change every week. So you, you need... While you have a structure, while you have a format, don't be afraid to change it up, test a few things, see what works, get audience feedback, and go from there with your structure. And, right. And all of this sort of comes together to gel into what we would call an expectation. If I set the expectation myself and then I set it so that I can know I can over-deliver, then you're going to have a good show. But if I don't tell you what the expectation is, what we're going to cover today, you have no... Uh, reference point and it might be a wandering conversation this is what happens when there's no structure well you know we're going to talk about it well we'll see where we go <laughs> like how do you like being in a car with someone who doesn't really know where they're going can't decide whether you're going to drive north and see the country or go south downtown and see the big city lights well i don't know and you know you sort of waste an hour driving around wondering where you're going to go it's the same when someone's listening to your voice so wouldn't it make sense if you had some structure wouldn't it be amazing to have your podcast working in a format structure so that your audience knows what they're going to get and then you can deliver that and more. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just love the way you gave that example. And I was thinking, okay, so now I'm a volunteer in uh, Mozambique. Mm -hmm. I'm working with a partner organization on um, micro-entrepreneurship, say. Uh, You know, so I'm helping uh, the women in in the local villages to... Uh, start their own uh, small businesses, and uh, and I'm thinking, okay, so part of what I would be doing is interviewing these uh, startup entrepreneurs about the projects that they're that they're doing, 
and the goals that they're doing and what life is like in Mozambique and people maybe that have been in the program for a while and are seeing their standard of living rise up, giving the people, you know, my friends and family and and the general Canadian audience back home uh, and American audience too, because that's where most of these will be heard, uh, an idea of what it was like for uh, these this particular person before and what it's like now and what they're hoping for the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you gave that example. So if the volunteers are each doing their own podcast, they essentially yes. each become their own radio talk show host. So part of um, – we've been having this big food analogy today, right? So part yes. of presenting food to people is giving it to them in a palatable format, right? So if I plunk half a cow down in front of you to eat <laughs> – it's huge, right? You can only eat one mouthful at a time. So, you know, first bring me a T-bone steak. Then bring me, you know, something else, right? So how we serve... And do it over time, not and, all at once. And exactly. Do it over time. So you can create some excitement around what you do. So I, let's say I am the volunteer in Mozambique. I'm going to call myself uh, the host of the show, or I could say I'm a, a you know reporter at large or live. I can pump up my show by saying we're live and in the field here in Mozambique, right? That's so, right. So you can sort of use these kind of – and it makes it fun for you. So if it's fun Actually, for you – Martin, i got to interrupt you just there yeah. for a second because – I was talking, I do a number of, uh, as you know, I do a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. I have a lot of different co-hosts, and I was talking to one, and for some reason, I don't know why it came out, I called uh, him the executive, the co-executive producer right. of, his, of his show. So instead of just like having a show, or being the host, mm-hmm. or just talk the talker right he he was the executive producer and you his chest just pumped right up he stood straight up and he said i'm the executive producer of my exactly and it, it was just this great positioning and i think i think that's just a great idea it's like you know what i'm the executive producer of the mozambique online radio show. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, and yeah, you say host and executive producer, and that helps you do a number of things. It's, it's, it's kind of a bit of a sidebar, and we can cover that more, but really what it allows you to do is excite your guests so they perform to a higher level. So let's say I am the Mozambique volunteer. I go to a person who's you know, making uh, local crafts or they're, they're weaving a, a carpet or something, right? Yeah. They're, they, they're nervous. They, they think all oh, millions of people are listening, and they're, they're nervous about being on the radio because they have their own mindset around that. But also, if you just come to them and say, hi, I'm a volunteer from you know, QSO, can I record you? They're like, oh, suspicious. Am I being investigated? <laughs> you know, it sounds like an organization investigating me versus, hi, I'm Martin. I'm the executive producer and host of Inside Mozambique. And we, we're looking for, uh, you know, business people and, and local leaders and, 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 you know, innovative thinkers to interview so we can share with their message with the world. It's a whole different positioning. So by having just the structure of the offer, we've been talking about structure today, that's how you structure the offer so that people want to participate in your show. Right? Perfect. So, excellent point. And then, you know, even when you have uh, guests on, I mean, like, like if I'm a uh, a radio host, and I have someone else who's kind of a co-host. They, so one of the parts of my structure in a past show um, that was sponsored by Microsoft, we had a one of our sponsors come on as a, quote, co-host. So they hosted a segment. So they paid for that 
amount of time, and they came on, and I said, it's time for our reporter at large. Right? I didn't say it's time for our sponsor to come on and pitch their company. I said, it's time for our reporter at large. So he And he would phone in, so the quality of the sound wasn't as good. and So it actually covered a number of bases. It gave an excuse for why he sounded like he was on the phone, because he's a reporter at large. He's in the field. I mean, we watched CNN, a multi-billion dollar organization with satellites and $250,000 cameras and stuff, and they have a reporter on their on their iPhone using Skype, and it's really grainy, and it sounds horrible, but we get it. They're in a country that just experienced a natural disaster. They're using technology to connect them back to uh, headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, we get it. So you can yeah. use all of these things to your advantage. So, uh, you know, we, we can cover that when we when we cover that sort of spectrum of things, but it does fit in with structure as far as clearly understanding how you set up your show. Right. Wonderful, Martin. Thank you. So the next point would be it's just easier. Like when you have a recipe, I know I need two cups of this, I need a tablespoon of that, a pinch of that, right? It, it, it gives me uh, a pattern. And what happens when you do something repeatedly is you get better and better at it. And one of the things you want to do with your podcast and your radio shows is improve them each time. So it's like learning to drive a uh, stick shift automobile, a standard. The more you do it, the more you can start doing other things. Maybe you're not supposed to be, but, you know, if, if you're, you know, grabbing some lunch while you're driving between point A and point B, you can do it with greater safety if you've been driving longer. You know when to change gears, you, uh, your feet work with your hands, but when you're first learning to drive, when do I go from first to second? When do I put my foot on a clutch? You know, which foot do I use for, you know, the, I've got two feet and three pedals. Uh-oh. Right? right, my first time in the vehicle. So as you do a, a, your podcast, the more you have a format, the faster and easier it is for you to produce and the easier it is on your mind. And as we mentioned before, if I have a structured format, it's easier to absorb. And you and I are talking. So it's your voice, then my voice. If I talk too long or you talk too long, even if our friend listening likes us, they start to sort of wane. Their interest starts going, well, you know, he's... He's, that's good enough, Martin. Move on to your next point, right? So right. part of what happens when people are listening to us is we have to give them variety. If I'm just the sole host, I need other things that sort of in between. Bring sound effects I can play on my computer. or, or <laughs> But even just switching to another person. So when I do an interview, it provides variety. My voice, your voice. And you kind of want that ping pong table game back and forth when you do an interview. I can create an ad. So inside my podcast, uh, the organization from the top might hand out a 30-second audio that every single volunteer making their own radio show in each country works into their show. So you could have uh, a woman's voice or a man's voice saying, "If you know," and, and it also makes it more of a radio show, by the way, because I expect ads in it. <laughs> so right. it's it's. it's uh, you know, I'm interviewing Scott Patton, and we're talking about how you can improve your podcast with a structure. We'll be right back after this, and then we play an ad. If you'd like to support our organization in helping people around the world in different countries, then... Please go to qso-vso.org to learn more. Exactly. And then I say, hey, we're back. It's Scott Martin. We're talking about the ways that you can improve your pot. So it's, it's the pattern that we've been exposed to all of our life, but now you need to look at it from the perspective yourself of creating it. So you need to look with what, you know, your third eye, your fourth eye, your sixth eye, you know, your fifth eye if you're wearing glasses. So 
it's it's an ability to start looking at things, whether it's on television or listening to on the radio. How can I use structure to add variety to my show? So I do. And a, you know, Mark, Martin, mm-hmm. that's a great point because I have uh, been doing podcasts for five years now, and I listen to the radio completely differently now than I did before. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, how does he start his show? Or what does he say when he comes back from a break? How does he, you know, segue from one topic to the next topic? And I, and then I start picking up these little phrases that the different announcers and, and speakers on the radio will will use you know, over and over and over again, but nobody really notices it. Just how they get, you know, it's kind of like this is how they introduce the topic, then they give the top information, and then this is how they end it and move on to the next topic. And it's like, oh, very interesting. And then I also listen to about usually a lot of talk radio. How does this person? Uh, ask questions of their guests. How do they structure the question? What sort of, you know, because there's there's yes-no type questions like, uh, you know, uh, is the sun up today? Is the sun shining where you are today? Uh, you know, is it warm? Or, you know, or what's the weather like? They're both totally different questions. Like one is like, yeah, the sun is up, and that's sort of it. The other one is, oh, well, you know, it's warm and it's sunny and we're out in T-shirts and, uh you can you can go on and on and on with it, right? So open-ended and closed-ended questions. Right, and it helps you be more creative. So uh, one of the things is that podcasting, radio shows, and so on are new to people. So they say, well, what am I going to talk about is one of the questions you have in your mind. What am I going to talk about? Are people going to want to listen? How long are they going to listen for? So by having a structure, you can come up with those things. So one of the ideas that I threw out there was current events. So take some of the by you take some of the responsibility or the pressure off yourself as the host by handing it over to other things during the show. So for example, like I said, you could start with current events. So I could read the local newspaper or just grab the headlines. So we all, we always open by taking a look at what's happening in Mozambique. Well, first of all, there's a federal election coming up, and of course, there's uh, three main parties here, and the, the front-running candidates are these people, these people, and these people. And you know, recently there was uh, a volcano or something. I mean, forgive me, my <laughs> my, my geomorphological uh, geopolitical mind is not uh, zeroing in on what would be happening in Mozambique at the moment. But um, right, you you can basically grab some headlines. You don't have to do it; it's already gathered for you in the newspaper. Right? Or just go online. And, and it look, gives look at, a different flavor to the people back home. Absolutely. Right? And it's it, like, wow, I didn't know that was happening there. Right. Because most people live their lives within, you know, four blocks of the donut shop and the fast food place to go to. So um, you, you can expose people to that. But again, I'm adding energy to the show by using international news, I'm using information gathered by other people. Next, we said we might have a guest on. Well, the guest is going to do the speaking. Um, they may even provide their own questions, and then I pitch them back to them. But I adjust for the flavor and you know of my own show and how I want to present it. Also guide them so that they answer questions my audience, I perceive, has those questions and wants to know the answers to. Uh, and then we talked about a commentary. So I might have a one- or two-minute commentary where I'll respond to something. It could be an objection, a misunderstanding, a myth, or so I might have a commentary, and this week's commentary is, uh, or this series of commentaries, I'm currently doing a series on the myths of micro-entrepreneurship. One of the myths is that these loans are defaulted on, 
And it's actually the complete opposite. And this is actually factual. I remember reading that something, uh, one of the gentlemen who did microeconomics in India, um, their, their default rate was something like one, two, or three <laughs> percent. Like almost, very you know, small. any bank in, in North America would be aghast if, you know, happy if they could do that. I mean, look at the foreclosure debacle in the United States. It's like, you'd think, you know, 30% of the homes are in foreclosure, and it, it may even be that high, but it's ridiculous the number of loans that are defaulted on in the quote-unquote yeah. normal, uh, you know, lending uh, industry. So y- by addressing that, you have a commentary, and that's also a place where you can throw in your own subjective opinion versus objective, where you're saying, you know, it, it's absolutely a shame, and again, this is where you could maybe influence donors, influence volunteers. One of the myths is that, you know, you got to go to a war zone, <laughs> you know, or you're unprotected, you know, or whatever it is. All the questions that your volunteers would have in their head. Who pays for what? Will I be safe? Will my mother let me go? <laughs> you know, even if I'm 35, you know, what are the age <laughs> ranges that you're looking for? What are some of the skill sets you're looking for? Or even the donors. Um, one of the myths is that 80% of the money is spent on administration. That's an absolute mistruth. Right. One hundred percent of donors money is given to the volunteer channel. Uh, Other funds are used for the administration because we have government funding. So the government funding is used for the administration. Donations from companies and individuals are used 100 percent or 90 percent or whatever it is uh, to the volunteer uh, transportation and lodgings. So I have to put a disclaimer in there in that everything that you've said You've uh, made up. kind of made up, uh, made up. So we don't um, know what it is actually for the organization, but I'm sure that that you know those are questions you could ask uh, anyone in in the organization, and they would know. So. Right. So we're giving uh, examples, templates of structure. I'm throwing out, you know, if I was king of the world, this is what I'm thinking. So um, it, yeah, it's all based on. Uh, it's it's factual structure, it's 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 exemplary fictional content. Yeah, exemplary. I'm I'm giving myself a superlative there. <laughs> These are just examples. So thanks for the disclaimer. Whatever Martin Whale says is questionable, says Scott Patton. <laughs> well, I just I would just hate to to have someone go out in the field and say, well, according to Martin, it's like. You know what, you, you just remind me of something because we're talking about structure and disclaimers and so on, but um, I, I watched uh, Joel Osteen. Uh, he's a popular preacher right now in the United States. He's, he's got some church of called Lakewood, 60 or 70,000 people in the, a former basketball arena outside Houston, Texas. And, and wow. he, he um, but besides television putting up a disclaimer at the beginning, it says this is, um, uh, you know, an advertisement and, you know, because they're pitching for, for God, right? So this is an advertisement. doesn't necessarily express the opinions of the station and so on. So um, they've got the disclaimer, which was my train of thought here, which but then led me to remember he always starts with, hi, we'd like to welcome you. Uh, thank you for visiting us on television. If you're ever in the neighborhood, you're certainly welcome, and the people here will make you feel welcome. And then he says, I always like to start, and then he, I think he has them do some, I have my Bible with me, I believe in my Bible, I'm ready to listen, I'm ready to learn, whatever. He has them actually participate interactively, and, and you can do that. But then he says, I always like to start with something funny. And then he tells a joke, and then he gets into his sermon. And, that, and, then, and then at the end of the sermon, they have a one or two minute, uh, and then he ends his sermon by saying, you know, we invite you to join a Bible 
based church. We invite you to join a community, not his necessarily. And then they follow that with a one or two minute, send us $20. We'll send you this crystal birdie gift. And then they're out. So they have a very set structure for the show. And every week you know what's coming. And it makes you comfortable to watch it. So again, I'm returning back to that comfort level, that organization, that, uh, you know, he tells a different joke each week. He tells a different sermon each week, generally speaking. And there was a disclaimer at the beginning. So, uh, again, a structure makes you use your time better. So another reason why you want structure is the better use of your time. If I know I only have five minutes, I'm going to try and be more concise. If I know it's an hour-long talky back and forth, it's a little more casual. There's not so much pressure. We're not in and out. But if I only have 20 minutes then it'll be a little bit more structured, faster paced. It's amazing what you can say in one minute if you know you only have one minute to say it. That's right. That's right. So if you don't know you only have one minute, you you barely get, I'm happy to be here out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really important is deciding how long you want your episodes to be. And my recommendation is around 20 minutes because I feel it takes between two and three and four minutes to do an introduction and right. do three or four minutes at the end to, to close off. And then so you've got about 15 minutes of, mm-hmm. of talking. And usually that's a, a fairly, you know, if you've got three or four questions uh, with, with whoever you're interviewing, that usually can pretty much fill that amount of space. And then sometimes, because uh, I'm the executive producer of my show, and everyone listening is the executive producer of their show, you may get into just this amazing conversation that just uh, is absolutely fascinating. Well, throw the clock away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, keep you keep going, because if you're just thinking this is the most amazing thing, then have the flexibility to, to record that information. And then we you can, through the magic of audio editors and video editors, if you're doing video podcasts, uh, you can cut it up into uh, smaller segments so that it fits into the, the comfort zone of your listeners, which is about 20 minutes, uh, in, if you were following my recommendation. Uh, then you can cut it up, and at the end of each sort of segment, say, we'll you know, come back next, uh, right. next time for the next part of our four-part series with whatever the person's name is or the business is in Mozambique. And that's another, you know, reason we come back to structure again. I know it's a 20-minute show. That's what my audience expects every week. And if I do have this fantastic interview, then I serialize it. So I break it up into parts, and then I just put my intro and extra on each show. But I, but I also now have a reason, and this is sort of, the again, the background strategy. I want you to keep coming back. I want you to keep wanting to listen to the show. I want you to refer other people. And if the way podcasting works, if somebody's excited by the series, they'll click on uh, part A, part B, part C, part D, all in a row, once if they've all already been posted. So it's the, the what the Unwebonomics is about is about people listen to what they want when they want to. And they also listen to as much as they want to. So I'm I'm served by you breaking it down into 20 minutes because I'm a busy person and uh, my commute happens to be 20 minutes. So I get to hear part of the interview from beginning to end, and then I know tomorrow or on my way home today I'm going to hear part B, which is the rest of the series. So it's kind of like when you buy a, 
an educational tape or an educational recording or an audio training, um, I know that there's different CDs or now on MP3s, different file segments, and it helps me. Uh, when we first started getting into making uh, audio training on uh, CDs, Scott, you remember, you know, you'd buy a yeah. training from somebody, and it was like four hours long, but they never put tracks in it. They didn't have like track one, track I two, know. track two. So you'd stick it in your car, and you'd be listening, and then you'd get out of your car and turn your car off. It didn't have a memory, so it didn't. you didn't get back in your car and hit it wasn't digital. You didn't hit play. I mean, it wasn't digital in the sense that it had a track. You'd hit play, and it'd start playing where you left off. It's not like your PVR attached to your television where play from current spot or play from beginning. or you know. So there wasn't as much flexibility, and it was irritating as a listener. It was irritating yeah. as a yeah, – even though I like you. Through. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, uh, you know, especially when you're at like 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes to go, and uh, yeah, so and much it takes for you twenty uh, minutes to fast forward to get to the right yeah, spot. So I concur with you, even though everything I say is unbelievable. By disclaimer, that twenty <laughs> minutes is a good length, and uh, you know, even if you divide an hour-long interview into three, then uh, you can still transfer that information. So, um, really, uh, just to summarize, it's you want structure because it's easier for you to do, it's easier for your audience to absorb. Um, you give them variety by breaking up between. A commentary, current events, interview, uh, you know, whatever you uh, interview with a sponsor, interview with a volunteer, those sorts of things. The organization itself gives familiarity to your audience, and they come to uh, like or or know how you operate. So that builds trust, which is another reason for them to keep listening. Another reason for them to keep coming back. Um, you respect your audience by telling them this is the structure. You help set them up to best use the information and time, uh, which is theirs, and you need to respect that. And then you get more information out in the set period of time if you know how much time you have to use. And uh, I just want to make sure I didn't forget anything here. Uh, we talked about setting the expectations, so then that would be the listener experience, how much they enjoy your show. The more they enjoy it, the more they will tell other people. And here's the sidebar tip, the customer catcher tip. Ask them to tell other people. Work that into your content. So you, you hear radio people say, make sure you stay with us. You know, We call it selling the next minute, but you also want to sell the next show. Make sure you join us each morning for radio drive time. Right? They're selling you today's show in the now, but they're also selling you the afternoon person at 4 o'clock. They're also selling you come back every morning to listen to the funny people on your way to your job <laughs> so you feel better when you get there. You know, So you need to have these things all in mind. And it, We're breaking it down under the microscope here, so it may seem like a lot, but it, it's just, this is talk radio, baby. So you just have a conversation, a passion, and curiosity, and you can be a radio talk show host or podcaster. And have, like you said, and have a lot of fun with it while you're making a huge difference in the yeah. world. Yeah. So we use some jokes in here. We talked about you, you disclaimering anything I say, right? So I didn't like <laughs> write down Scott and Martin will do joke at, you know, 27 minutes and 30 seconds. It won't be funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, you see people read their cue cards on television and try to be funny, and they sound like they're reading it. So there are certain elements that you're going to weave in and out, but you need to know, hey, you know, I, 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 I have been accused of being naturally funny and accept the compliment sometimes, but it doesn't mean you can't, like, read, like, the preacher isn't necessarily a comedian, but he may read a funny story in a book or a Reader's Digest or something like that, and you go, oh, hey, yeah. that'll fit the structure of my show. This is when I tell the cute story of the day from Mozambique. Yeah, 
And I think that's a really good way of, of putting it is, is you're looking for things in your daily life that could be humorous, that could be interesting. And as you look for these things, what happens is you find them. And you know, what's, what was, if you start thinking, okay, in the last week, what was sort of a funny thing that happened? And I was, you know, we were just laughing about, oh yeah, I said something and my mom just howled. What was that? And then you start, as you start becoming more aware of these things, you make some notes, and then when you're ready to do your show, you've got the uh, you've got the list of things that you want to cover. You don't necessarily have to cover all of them. Depends mm-hmm. on what happens as you're in your creative flow. But uh, by being aware of, you know, what were some of the things that happened, uh, you know, in the last couple of days that would be of interest to my audience. Mm-hmm. And then there's one show that I do that's a sort of a personal development one. And because uh, it's a uh, like half an hour, tw- twenty minutes, half an hour with a, uh, a psychotherapist, and he talks about all these different, you know, we just talk about all these different things, and and oftentimes I'll we'll start by me saying, you know, a funny thing happened when I came here to do this show, or uh, you know, a couple of days ago this happened, and I thought it was kind of strange, and and then this just opens up a whole new, you know. Uh, world that we end up talking about. So mm-hmm. it's important to just be starting to, you know, train your mind to, you know, what, oh, that was kind of a funny thing that happened, or that was sort of a strange, or here are some cultural differences that I've noticed that were, you know, just sort of struck me as, as interesting or odd or, or whatever that, you know, that people do. And then you can talk about those things and share them. And, and that adds, you know, the spice to the dinner that you're Right. Up for your audience. Exactly. I, I started off one of my audio trainings. It was an eight-part series, but every week I started off with a quote or two, and then I gave my opinion on how that quote applied to what we were talking about. So I might, you know, Winston Churchill, never, 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 never surrender. <laughs> so I'm like, right. well, that means just persistence. That means keep going. And part of the reason I did that was to get them to settle down to get them settled into. So if you walk into a lecture room and then you're going to hear a lecture, which is what audio presentation was, was, you know, you kind of want people to settle in. You want them to, you know, start, give them something to focus on so that they start putting hopefully the distractions of the rest of their life on hold for just long enough for them to listen to your show and enjoy it. So, right. so there are reasons for it. So, but again, you in the structure of the audio presentation, which we called I called the show anyway, was hey, we start with a quote, start with you know, then sixty seconds of me saying hey, here's what it is. So we're going to talk more in, in in future podcasts about you know what to do and how to do it. Um, but again, that's why I, you know I'll give you a little hint on insider into one of them, and I actually draw a circular clock. And, you know, whether you use just 20 minutes of it or 60 minutes of it, when I was doing hour-long ones, and I would actually draw like a pie graph, the, the sections of that. So you might take right. a full page and just draw a third of a pie and then divide that up and then write into it. And it also helps keep you um, organized, which is another bonus, bonus tip there for why you need structure. It helps keep you on track. And organized. And Great. It helps you sound well, better. Martin, I want to thank you very much for spending this time with me and and uh, all of our students and uh, sharing this information because I think it really helps. I know it, it certainly helped me, and I've been doing this for five years, and and now I realize that I you know have no structure and I've been doing everything the hard way, 
and I'm totally disorganized. So thank you very much for letting me know that. <laughs> I don't believe you. You have some natural talent. I mean, if anyone has any questions, they're, they're, you're welcome to reach me at martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, at radiotalkshowhost.com. And uh, happy to uh, help anyone who's uh, looking to help others uh, by getting their message out to the world. So, uh, Scott, as always, it's good to be with you, the Dean of Blogonomics and Podology and uh, learn from you. And you help me learn about myself by, uh, you know, prying open my brain with a can opener. So it's always, <laughs> always, always a thrill, sir. Good. It's it's fun. And I think that's the, you know, the big thing we want to let everyone know is this is a very fun activity. And uh, it's amazing what we learn. Like, you know, I've learned a lot today. And, and Martin, uh, you just mentioned you're, you've learned a lot about yourself because I used the can opener to pry open your brain. And uh, that's the, that's one of the most important things to remember is to have fun with this. This is a great way to develop deep relationships with people. Well said. So thank thank you for joining us, and uh, we're uh, we're going to be back soon with uh, with some more great information on how to structure your podcast.